just so you know, I'm doing this on a Monday night and Tuesday mornings I always wake up at 5 to go running. So this is way past my bedtime. Just want you to know I'm doing this because I like it. I feel, I feel touched. And maybe like you'll die like uh, three minutes earlier at old age because you didn't you didn't exercise today. <laughs> oh my god, wow, we missed out real quick. Before we finish that sentence, I'll have me in the first half. I really feel touched, but maybe you'll die. <laughs> Okay, welcome to the Finding Out Why I'm Single podcast with friends. Uh, today I'm joined by two very close friends, Nelson and Masood. So do you guys want to introduce yourself quickly? Uh, my name is Nelson. Uh, I'm a friend of Connor for three years now, almost three years, I guess. And yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast. My name is Masood and um, I'm a friend of Connor's and also roommate for basically two and a half years, uh, although temporarily not at this moment in time, but he's going to be, he's going to be back soon. And uh, yeah, similar to Nelson, I would say I am one of the OG uh, Park Lafontaine gang. And that's how this whole friendship group uh, ended up starting. So I'm really happy to be here and talking to you. I like it. I like it. It's funny, both you guys and uh, Catherine and Camila last episode start with like how long you've known me. That, that's your credentials for how to comment on my singlehood. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, cool. Okay. So uh, we're going to start as our, as with last episode, as to what hinge category we all lie in. Last time we went over exactly what the hinge categories were. So this time we're going to keep it simple and you guys can just uh, say, Nelson, you can go first. I don't know if you know this, but they actually went back on hinge two weeks ago. Nice. And the one I actually chose was long-term relationship, open to short. Okay. And I think you kind of covered this with the Catherine and Camille on your first episode. I feel like I'm looking for long-term relationship, but at the same time, I don't want to put it out there that I'm only looking for a long-term relationship because I, when I'm reading that on someone's profile, even though that's what I want, kind of scares me away. Same thing with the like, life partner. That really scares me away. So I think putting long-term relationship open to short is kind of a casual way of saying you are looking for a long-term relationship. Yeah, I think there is there a way to reverse the order. I can't remember. Can you do? Yes, you can do. Yeah, you, short-term you can do short-term open to first, long. open to long. And because yeah. you have the flexibility to do both, I prefer to do long-term open to short because that already implied that I'm looking for a long-term. Yeah, that's true. And the question we talked about last time was: Would you be willing to? Do a short-term relationship that was explicit? Me personally, right now, no. That's not what I'm looking for. And even now on Hinge, I'm being more selective on the dates I choose to go on uh, or the ones I want to repeat after. But that's me now. If you asked me two years ago, I'd probably say yes. But now, no, I want long-term. Okay. Okay. Uh, Masu, do you want to give your answer? Yeah. I'm on the same like status as well. I, I select a long-term relationship open to short too. And my reasoning is kind of similar to that. I don't want to like give off this too serious of a, of a, of an air in terms of what I want, like in a relationship, but uh, like you covered this, 
the other day with uh, Catherine and Camille. And I don't know if I agree with the like the perception of people when they see the open to short part where they are like, uh, like, I think I would continue a relationship if it ends up being like, um, I, I would give it a try if it ends up being, if it appears that, if it turns out that it's not a long-term thing no more, I would be okay with giving it an, a little bit more of a chance. I think because in the position that I am at this point, like I kind of like to, that kind of ties well with one of the other points that I guess we are going to be covering as well. Like I'm not okay with being single at this point. So I'm thinking even a short-term relationship, I think I can, I can see myself in. But like I, I, I like to be there. Okay. That's actually very interesting. We, I think I, we, I won't pr- probe more into that yet. We can get into that in the, the main section. I kind of just yeah, want yeah, to ask, yeah, sure. ask something. You said that because you want to be in a relationship, you are open to just trying it, even knowing if it's just for the short term, right? Yes. At the end of the day, if that relationship, if you know it's short term, it's going to end and you know you're going to go back to being single, won't that bring you back to the first state? So why even bother going on a, on something you know is going to be short? Yeah, you're right. Although you're not getting the like the primary objective of this dating scene, one thing that I kind of see as a benefit is I learn myself more and more. The more, like, it's some kind of a self-exploratory, like, an objective that I'm doing here. With, with, with each date, with each experience, I kind of see myself better, understand myself better. And I'm sure you're, you're in the same, like, boat as well. Like, at this age that we are in, like, we are understanding ourselves a little bit better. And with these experiences, I guess, one thing I'd like to preface all this with, I should have started, like, with that earlier, is, like, I feel my perception of dating is a little bit different from you guys, from the, um, let's say, typical way of looking at it in, in Canada or in the communities that we are in, simply because of my background. And with that comes some differences in the perception of what it is to, to date and what comes out of it. So like in a old school community like you have in Iran, of course it has changed since then. Like the Gen Z gang, they are uh, different animals, like different relationships at this point. But in our like generation, like that being a taboo, it kind of forces you to, um, I don't know how to say, like keep it hidden. And with that comes some benefits and some like uh, some some disadvantages, so to speak. The disadvantages for me have been me not being able to like, experience different aspects of me like inviting your significant other or like somebody you're dating to like to a dinner at your parents house that's something you probably have experienced i haven't and with that comes another level of understanding of who you are what you want in a relationship and everything so i guess part of the reasons why i would give it a go is trying to make up for or like i'd like to learn myself better understand myself better plus it's not, um, yeah, I guess that's it, yeah. Honestly, I really like the scientific approach to, <laughs> to your dating, like trying in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting point too. Okay, so before uh, this, this podcast started, we all did a quiz that asked, why are we still single? Uh, how do you guys want to do it? I'm not talking about the quiz. Yeah, so the quiz had some, some questionable questions, I would say. It was a very short quiz. I think it was eight questions long and it was meant to, to tell you. Uh, should we go yeah. through some of the questions first and then we can give our give our results? Please. I know 
Nelson, you had some contentions. Yes. Oh, them. me too. I gotta say, like, <laughs> given that very point that you just said, with us being scientific, I mean, yeah, yeah, the methodology of the are not gonna tell me. Yeah, they are pretty. Doesn't support the conclusion at the end. Yes, the replicability yeah. of the results are under exactly. Question. It's a big extrapolation. Said, yeah. Well, I was gonna do the quiz twice and see if I got the same answer. I kind of did it well, twice. Like and I did get the same answer. Yeah, actually, what's funnier is I did another like stupider quiz on WikiHow, and I got essentially the same answer. So uh, maybe they're pulling from the same place, but I think it's uh, very scientific, actually. As you'll yeah, see when we go I would through. say the second option is like a higher chance. Yeah, it's probably a scientific method. It must be. We'll we'll, we'll understand yeah. by going through some of the questions. Which one did you want to start with, Nelson? Yeah, so I think it was like the third or fourth question. It said, pick one word to accurately describe your style of flirting. And the five options are non-existent, expert, bold, embarrassing, and weak. There's no normal answer. There's not like just average. You're either embarrassing or weak, or you are expert and bold. There's no like midterm. So I didn't know where to put myself because I don't think I'm an expert. I don't think I'm weak. I can't just be normal. I need to be one extreme. So I had to go non-existent. What? That's that's the most extreme though. <laughs> yeah. As a researcher who's done surveys before, one of the strategies is to not allow people an average. Like you shouldn't have a scale of five because then people can put three. You should have a scale of four to force people to go and one side What is the bold other. and expert? I, I put bold. I think that that's my dating style because I like... But you, you know, are bold. Right. Yeah, you're pretty bold too. You're, you're. I feel like you're, you're not bold so much in like the things you say, but you're bold in like what you're gonna suggest. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna go for it. You're gonna try to get them out of the out out on a date. Yeah, but you're gonna I don't have a flirting style. Friends. I just say hi. I do normal stuff. I don't have like pickup line. I don't have a, an end game. Okay. No, no but like yours is pretty, pretty genuine. It is. Like, it can be bold and genuine at the same time, you know? There could like, be an option genuine, for example. Genuine would be good, yeah. Like, we okay, can now that I know that you put non-existent, I feel like that kind of, make it's going to make me question your result a little bit more, because I don't think that that's true. I think you have yeah a little <laughs> higher than non-existent flirting skills. Oh, you you messed with the scientific method, man, scientific theory, yo. What did Why you put, Masud? I put weak. I have my, my peaks. Um, peaks and valleys, so to speak. But on average, I guess I'm I'm not the best flirter. I have my own methods. Like it kind of depends on the on the person, I guess. Not not so many. Not everybody. It's not for everyone. I gotta say. I feel like Missy does some good like long game kind of flirting. Like he'll he won't always go for it, but he'll like <laughs> keep in touch. You know, I can think of at least one example. At least. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, uh, so let's reveal our answers as to why we are single. <laughs> um, mine was, I'm too fussy when it comes to dating. I'm still hung up on an ex. I am apparently too emotionally closed off. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> that didn't feel at all reflected on my, on my answer. I mean, we know now that you sabotaged your uh, I didn't sabotage, it was one question. <laughs> like there was one of asking your ideal first date and one of the options is like a music concert who chooses that you can talk to the person you're just standing yeah. next yeah you're just standing to the person next to the person 
Yeah, I didn't talk the, the range, questions though. and the options. I, I have you sent that one too. They have pretty good range. A music concert, romantic, expensive meal for two, bowling followed by a few drinks at the bar, trip to the movies followed by Nando's, picnic at the park, and a trip to a museum. Those are pretty solid well, first dates, I think. Not all. Of them. I didn't like any of them. Really? I guess I went with bowling because I in my in my mind I replaced bowling with climbing. That's what I prefer to do: climbing and ex- and a few drinks at a bar after or a coffee. But bowling, what if she what if no. she doesn't like climbing? Is that just an automatic no? I probably won't go on a date with someone who doesn't <laughs> like. No, <laughs> it's true. Not that they have to like climbing, but it's gonna be the people I'll probably date. It's gonna be someone open to these kind of activities, even if they don't climb. To be someone who's gonna at least be open to it. Okay, that's so fair. that option is not likely to happen. That's fair. Okay, so now that we we know why we're all single scientifically yeah uh should we should we move on to as we're single how do we how do we be happy being single and as i said in the right before this podcast started it's a it's a funny topic for the three of us because i think we're all quite unhappy being single (laughs) i mean i'm so unhappy being single i started a podcast trying to figure it out so that says something um exactly (laughs) yeah so I have uh, on that slide ahead of you like a couple kind of introductory topics that I want to hear from you. So it's kind of how happy are you being single? Uh, I think we can discuss that question directly and then go into the other points as well. Sure. Okay. I'm not saying I so, want to go first. I'm just saying we should discuss <laughs> that question. <laughs> okay. Let's let's start with how happy you are being single. Nelson, you go Wait, first. Wait, me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Kind of. Put me, put me in a position to be to go first. Um, well, I'm not happy being single, but I'm not happy being single because ultimately I want to have a family and I want to have a family being single. So I'm not happy being single, but I'm not sad being single either. You, or you can be sad. You can allow yourself to be sad, sad without being upset about it. Like you're not just with dating, but in life, you, can, you can't always be happy. Right? It's not sustainable. There's where you're going to be sad. And you can either react to being sad, trying to force yourself to get out of that state. And that's only going to make you more stressed about it, more anxious about it. Or you can just accept that you're sad at this moment and that happy moments will come after. And in that way, it takes the stress. It immediately takes the stress away because we all go through sad periods in life. It's these things come and go. And it's just about accepting it, not trying to force yourself to be happy and just let go. I mean, I am objectively not happy being single, but I'm not sad either. I say like I'm comfortable being single because yeah, it's just, it's natural. I think that's, that's a good outlook. I think it's, it's like about, it's kind of okay to, to want to be in a relationship, but it becomes a problem when you like get a little bit miserable in that state. So yeah, that's yeah. at least that's my. But yeah, not just I for agree. dating, just in general, just when you're sad, instead of trying to fight the sadness, just accepting it, and it will eventually go away. Yeah, that fits like very nicely. Yeah, into some of the the themes that that we're gonna get into. So this is yeah. a good start. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if you can go I mean, for it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with what what Nelson just said. I don't know how good I am in actually doing it because me similar to Nelson I guess I'm unhappy with with being I'm not happy with being single as well but I feel 
deep down, I think I'm not doing enough to not be single. And I'm sure you know with all these stuff, it's like a complex thing when it comes to like personal, personal matters. At least for me, like I need to, like I feel there are some blockages in my life that stop me from actually like doing my 100% to try to not be single. As well as that, there are some like a, like environmental parameters or like some some stuff that are out of my hands basically that stop me from like getting there i feel like all in all okay the question is what what i do to make i guess yeah i never felt that i never thought i'd be saying this uh cliche but uh, i think what i'm doing is i'm i'm immersing myself with my with my work and like uh, studies and everything in order to kind of get my um, thoughts uh, get my mind off uh off of this and at the same time try to have i guess at the end of the day this is boiled down into online dating which i'm not very successful at either but uh yeah i guess the part that makes me not be fully okay with the state of efforts that i'm putting in is i'm not actually doing the physical old school way of meeting people and uh going out i think it's it's a very good topic we can just hop into that uh I find I find like one thing you're saying that you're not trying hard enough. To me, a lot of finding a partner is luck. I think that's that's kind of what I've seen around me. That's I have heard, heard that advice. So it can be a double-edged sword. You want to make sure you're putting yourself in this position where you're likely to meet people, um, and uh, and all that. But you also don't want to like make that the sole goal of what you're doing because then you're just going to be trying. I know Nelson, you've had some times of you're like, I really want to make this happen, and I'm just gonna put a lot of Thank work you. into Thank to making that happen. And yeah, and it it helps for sure. Like, but it also you don't want it to take over your whole life. Um, I think that there's this idea that you should do common interests and whatnot, but I always have trouble with that advice because, like, let's say I join a recreational sports team with the goal of meeting people. If I go on the team and I don't really like anyone, then that's kind of not a success. So I think you need to do stuff like very naturally that you want to do anyway, that you would do regardless of meeting people. Uh, and then hopefully that leads to something good. But there's only so much of that that you actually want to do. And you can kind of come up to a capacity there. I do agree with you. Love is, in my opinion, it's just chance. There's so much you can do and yeah, everything else is can be chance. Okay, so with this idea, if we can go back to the idea of like the love being luck or like a big part of meeting somebody being like pure luck, maybe that's a good segue to the like the one of the phrases or like the topics that we ha- you had for us to talk about where like you find them when you're not looking or like some something along the same lines. Like what Oh yeah, it? that question. That question yeah. trigger that you find it when you're not me. looking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was yours. Exactly. Nelson had some, oh, yeah. some stuff to stay about. Okay, okay. You can you can share your. I, I really want to okay? go first because I don't know. I haven't put my thoughts in order. Okay, my que- Yeah, I have a question actually. Maybe that helps to formulate or like uh, get things sorted with you as well. Like, what does that even mean? I kind of understand that, like in the face value, it is incorrect because the more you look, statistically speaking, the higher the chances of you of you finding. If you kind of if you assume that there is some 
like compatibility or things happening and that is distributed and you're seeing more people. But I understand that's not the thing that this is mentioning. It has something to do with change of perspective or I don't know, like lowering your guard or change of the demographic that you end up seeing when you are not looking. What does what does this even mean when you say you find it or like when they say or like when they assume? What is what does that mean? Yeah, I th- it's a good question. I think it's it's a very cliche term and I don't necessarily agree with it on some levels, but in the last kind of couple of weeks as I've been doing research, I have started to maybe agree with it a little bit more. Um, one of the notes that I have down here is like, it's like asking someone to not think about elephants. Like it's a very frustrating thing to hear because it's like, you shouldn't look for your dating. It's like, well, I'm single. I want a girlfriend. Like, how am I going to not be looking in a way? Um, but I think like one of the central things I've been thinking about in this last little bit is how do you how can you kind of be comfortable being single because I think one problem that I struggle with a lot and it came up in the last episode briefly that I that I come on strong I think sometimes my desire not to be single really accelerates my feelings for people and it's not always good and and I I thought sometimes I say like it's like it's causing me to like like people more than I like people uh, which is like a weird statement, but it's kind of how I feel. And then when you like someone a lot, partly fueled by this like fear of being alone and, and really wanting to date someone, it makes it very difficult for them to reciprocate it. And it also, just for quality of life, it makes it difficult to just enjoy. I mean, I think you're maybe even a little ahead of us in a way, Masood, because you said you're like kind of willing to to roll with the, with the short term. Maybe in some ways that's good to to kind of just be comfortable, not be searching so hard, enjoy your time with someone. And then, uh, and then if it turns into something nice, that's good. So you're telling me that, so Connor, you're telling me that you thinking about the fact that because you don't want to be alone, you kind of like people a little bit more and that doesn't reciprocate and that ends up being the problem. How does, how do you differentiate that with quote unquote effort? Cause at the end of the day, they say like, relationship is is effort right you 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 need to you need to work for it like where does that come from to me that enthusiasm it's simp is simply the i don't know non-verbal representation of the willingness to give that a try you know like like the last relationship that i had now when i'm thinking about it there were a couple of red flags right but i was willing to at least give them a like keep them aside for a second to see how that's going. Maybe they ended up being not so, not, not good, not so good of a strategy either, but like I want to, at the end of that, I was accused to be extra enthusiastic for making things, making things happen. I don't feel, I don't feel I was like that. I don't feel I was like pushing it extra, pushing it. I was simply enthusiastic. So yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I think like, it's a very like poor, like low feedback system, right? Or, or poor feedback system. So, I mean, who knows? Like, it, it could be that if you had tried less hard, it would be better. In another system, maybe you needed to try more hard. It's very hard to tell. I think one thing that I would like to take from this, and again, all these things are much easier said than done. I'm not really someone that lives all this stuff that I'm saying. But one thing I'd like to take from this is that I, I feel like I've been in some relationships where at some point it kind of starts to 
get difficult. And uh, when I'm really afraid of being single, that brings me like a lot of strain. I'm like, like wandering around the apartment. I'm like, why didn't they text me back? Um, and I think it would be nice just to be a little free of that. So even if like the relationship would have worked out the exact same way, it would have been a more enjoyable experience and brought me less stress. And then you're kind of, you're setting yourself up for maybe a situation where that could have worked out if you had been a a little bit more chill, but I think there's a lot of relationships that wouldn't have worked out anyway. I, I don't feel a huge amount of regret about the last relationships I had, like, Oh, if I was more chill, it would have worked. But I think if I was more chill, it would have been better and more fun and I would be less unhappy in the interim. I kind of agree with with you at the at the beginning when you started because I also do feel that once I meet someone and that other person is open to engage in a relationship with me, that kind of attracts me to start a relation, start seeing that person with the intent of developing a relationship with them. So I kind of accelerates the process. But when I start seeing these things that I don't like, that's where I differ from you. The thing that stresses me out is how am I going to break up with this person who has now already developed feelings for me? And you mentioned that in the beginning of the year, I was going on this uh, quest to find uh, to find a, a girlfriend. And that's what happened to me on the both times that it was close to happening. Uh, there was this person who was interesting and was willing to be to go deeper into a relationship with me. And because of that, I blindly went into it, overlooking the not red flags, because I don't think they had red flags, but they weren't the right person to me. So I just went to it because they wanted it. And I was like, I'm single. I want to be single. They want to be with me. And they are somewhat what I'm looking for. So I went for it. But then what I struggle with is once this honeymoon phase ends, I see the person, I start seeing the person. I start trying to project myself to life goals of mine. For example, I try to start picturing them at our wedding day because I want to get married uh, well, I don't necessarily want to get married, but it's one thing I would like to do. Um, or if we have kids, I'm starting projecting myself with this person. And when I can't see it happening, then that's when I start getting stressed and I try to get out of the relationship in a way that don't hurt their feelings, which is always hard because I've already been weeks, months in with this person. And it's impossible not to, to break their feelings. And that's why I also stopped dating at all after March, April, because I was tired of this, of this roller coaster of like getting super infatuated at the beginning by a person only to see that she was not the right one. And then, ah, shit, wait, are you allowed to swear in your podcast? You can say anything you want. Oh crap. Um, I need to break <laughs> up with this person now because a big fat of, lo- a, a big fat load of cum then. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't the rules. <laughs> I don't know why you're getting mad. Can we swear or can we not? <laughs> but I guess this question triggers me more because it's an oversimplification of something very complex like love in my opinion is one of the most complex things we have and I don't usually like oversimplification of stuff I don't like overgeneralizations and this seems to be like the ultimate cliche and it's often people in relationships that say it and I'm not even sure how well defined not looking for is because I guess at the end of the day, not looking for the date is something you got from pop culture, from the movies where, you know, the good guy always wins, love conquers all. There's this handsome guy who's, they are always handsome. He's single, he's struggling with love, he he decides to abandon. uh, I'm giving an example. 
Um, he decides to abandon society, go to the woods for for a month just to clear his head. And then on the way there, he gets a flat tire. The other, the other, the only other. Let person me get my road. pen. Give, give me a second. Let me get my pen. <laughs> Because uh, the road line is he's gonna get the flat tire, then he's gonna run into someone, and it's gonna be unexpected. And we, and then the person helping him fix his flat tire is gonna be the love of his life, and it happened when he was not looking for it. And this is beautiful. Like this is the stories we all aim to have because these are the these are the stories that lead to a good story. And this yeah, is the story that we want to tell our friends. Though. Yeah, you want to say this over then? Oh, I met her on Hinge, Tinder, whatever, because it's a better story, right? And then I think we start embellishing our own stories to kind of make it sound like the utopic fairy tale, wishful thinking, Hollywood kind of setup that we all envision. And something I see happening is people saying, I met my uh, my person doing this random stuff. I wasn't looking for it. But in the meantime, they had set up a dating profile days ago and they were uh, trying to chat with other people. So... When they met their significant other, they weren't expecting to meet it. But overall, they were looking for someone. They were in a frame of mind where they were looking for someone. So first, I just want to clarify what is not looking for someone is I'm going, I'm going to go in the woods. I really don't want to see someone. I want to be alone by myself. Or is just anytime you meet someone uh, unexpectedly, is it not being looking for it? I don't know if I have an answer, but I think I generally agree with your point. It, it's very unrealistic to say absolutely not looking for someone when we clearly are like it's what we're we're trying to do one point is i agree that it's like a it's a cliche and it's stupid and it's like not a good saying it i, I kind of have it in here to be a little provocative but i think if i was to take something positive from it it would be kind of what i said before which is the the being comfortable being single so that when you are able to meet someone you don't need it to work and and i wonder like you're talking about uh Masood, I'll, I'll let you jump in too but uh, you you were talking about how you have this issue of like kind of going deep into a relationship and then realizing that it's not right. Do you think that you're going deep partly because you're telling yourself, I want someone, this is what I want. I need to kind of push myself to want it. And then you end up going deeper. Or is it just a matter of it's fairly natural, you like them enough, but then at some point you realize that it's not right for you? At the beginning is very natural because... I'm only I'm infatuated by the person and yeah, she's interested in me. I like her enough. So it's only natural. We start seeing each other more often naturally. And it eventually starts growing into a relationship. And when I start seeing that it's becoming serious, that's when I start start trying to project it into the long term. And that's when I get scared because I don't wanna just date. I wanna eventually find the person who's gonna allow me. So I'm trying to be more selective now. In in the beginning of this year, the two girls that could have been uh, my girlfriends now, I couldn't project myself into it. And I might have gotten into that relationship way too fast. And I thought, it, I think it is unhealthy. And this is something I learned after this period where I took a break. And now I see things way differently. I'm way more selective because I want to be careful not to get into these situations because it, you know, in the end, it's painful, not for just, not just for me, but for the girl too, right? Because you can't just be trial and error when you're dealing with other people's uh, feelings and stuff. We can't just trial and error indefinitely. So I'm trying to be more selective now. And just to go back to the, to the question, yes, it triggers me, but I also think that there's some truth to it, right? Otherwise, if there wasn't truth, it wouldn't. no one would say it. 
I could go further on in this, but I want Masud also to, he wanted to jump in like 10 minutes ago. No, it was, uh, I guess you posed the question that now is my question. Is like, what do you even mean when you are like the, the not looking part? Is it being in a, like a desert island, uh, not looking and then you see people like uh, jumping up or is it like finding them in places that you don't expect like like the correct way of interpreting? I think when people say this, I think eventually it means the second one. But what I'm saying is, even if you meet them unexpectedly, if 10 minutes ago you were on hinge, swiping right, on, uh, you don't swipe on hinge, but uh, if you're swiping left or right on Tinder, like 10 minutes uh, before, and then you go to the groceries and you meet someone, yes, you weren't expecting to meet them at the groceries, but you, as a person, you were looking for someone. I, I think like, uh, and, and I'm finding myself kind of defending this question more than I normally would be just as a, as a discussion topic, I guess. But I think maybe if someone said that, what they might mean is like, rather than, you know, going on dating apps or, um, or just like really trying hard, maybe in the old days or, or even now a little bit going to a bar, really making it your goal to meet someone instead just do things that you like, you know, volunteer, get involved with with things, and then hope hope that it kind of happens. And as I was saying before, let's say the thing you want to do is volunteering, and then you go and there's like no one there that you like. It really should be that you're not doing that to look for someone. You're doing it because you want to do it. And if you take the pressure off yourself to date, and you just do things you like, then you're more likely... To meet someone that's i think what is what is often meant that's the part i said i completely agree with it and i think that's the healthy way to look at it as well even if you're on dating apps you shouldn't be what i did before i'm talking of my own experience i was going on dates literally every day I, now looking back it was unhealthy it was draining my energy i was putting too much effort into it and now i have i set up inch two weeks ago and i'm barely touching it to be honest i have a few dates here and there but I'm not actively pursuing it. I'm not prioritizing dating over any of the activities I'm liking. I won't skip climbing to go on a date. I won't skip yoga to go on a date. I won't skip running to go on a date. So, you know, it's just a balance. You can't be desperately looking for it. But if you shut it out completely, if you stop getting out of the house, doing the activities you like, if you don't even put yourself out there in the dating apps, then you're definitely not going to find someone. I, I agree. And I think the point about dating apps too, that like, it can be cool. You can go on dating apps. That's where I've met a lot of the last people I've dated. A lot of them I do actually really like, but I think it's just about chilling a little bit. I'm like waiting for mm-hmm. someone on the dating app that you actually, you actually want to go with. Okay. I have uh, I have maybe like a, yeah, another subtopic here about, about being single. And uh, I, this is something I, I think we're all kind of struggling with being single a little bit differently. So I'm not sure if this will resonate with you, but I think this resonates with me. So it was this podcast. Uh, it's called Love, Happiness and Success Podcast with Dr. Lisa Mary Bobby. And she was interviewing this guy named John Kim, who wrote a book called uh, Single on Purpose, Redefining Everything, uh, Find Yourself First. So just there's an excerpt of the book that she read that hit me pretty hard, I guess. So it says, take a deep breath, ask yourself the following question. What if I never find a partner? Did your heart stop? Maybe it did for a second. Despite what you're feeling, you're still very much alive. I'm not saying you will never find love. I'm saying that this lumen question you allow to follow you around like a dark cloud is what's stripping the vibrancy out of your life. This giant what if you keep asking yourself is what's preventing you from truly living. So 
he goes on a little farther and, and the idea here is that uh, some of what you feel as loneliness or maybe some of what I feel as loneliness is actually a sense of fear that we'll be alone forever. I think that like one question I have for myself is like if I knew that I was going to fall in love in two years, would I still be kind of struggling being single in the same way? Yeah, you had that question. It's like, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. I think that if I knew in two years, then I, I would be much more okay, which I think says a lot. I think that that's like the one of the really big takeaways I got from this this research is that it's not actually even that I'm so unhappy right now being single. It's that I, I'm kind of like chasing this, like getting rid of this big fear that I have. And I think I just need to have maybe a little more confidence that something will work out. That said, uh, I would I wouldn't want necessarily to be single for the next two years like it's not like i'm there's so much to enjoy about being single that i like if i knew for sure in two years i would have a life partner i'd want to like be single i'd be happy to find one now but i think a lot of what i need to do is like get rid of this this fear a little bit so you said that if you knew you wouldn't be single in two years you would be happy right now because in two years you'll have someone yeah i'd be much less like stressed and lonely, I think. Uh, I think. I mean, there's no way to know. But what I hear then is that if you knew that there was this thing happening in two years, right now in the present, you'd be happier. Me hearing this, I kind of hear that you're choosing to be miserable by putting right now, by putting so much emphasis in what may or may not happen in two years. Yes, that's what he's yeah. saying too. Right? Because you're going to yeah, live your exactly. life. If you knew it's going to be good in two years, then what I'm hearing is you could choose to be happy. But because you don't know, you choose to be unhappy. I think exactly, that ultimately yeah. puts a lot of stress, unnecessary stress into dating. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's, that would be that's one exactly advice. what I'm feeling. <laughs> but it is a default, I guess. I, I kind of agree that it is unhealthy and everything. But yeah. it's I would say, no, I think the point of Connor kind of like, realizing it is because it is so like under like it's a subconscious or something at least i can speak about myself it's like i kind of agree that a little bit of, or like a big chunk of the anxiety of being single now is the what if what if i cannot find no one in two years in five years in ten years what if i am alone and everything Sim basically this question that was the beginning of the like the summary paragraph that you just read of the book i don't know yeah. if i agree with them like i'm i guess That's another point of like discussion of is it really true that is it isn't it extra optimistic that you're like yeah you will be finding somebody because yeah two years can become five five can become ten are you okay then are you okay if you think that you'll be finding somebody in fifteen years in twenty years what about what about that so I I kind of recognize that a part of it but I don't know why that is not genuine or like not real. I think the way that you extended the question is like a very like important point as well. That you're like, what about five years? What about 10 years? I, I think ultimately in like the best situation, you know, that could happen. And uh, my life is good. I have lots of friends. Maybe it is important to get into a point where you're kind of uh, okay with that. Um, I think it's still okay to like not fully be okay with that. I, I think it's pretty natural to want to be in a relationship. So I don't think you need to be really like, like, yeah, it's fine. But at the same time, I, I think it's good to like set yourself up and set your happiness and, and live your life in such a way that you're not just waiting for that to happen. You're not waiting for those two years to pass so that you can 
I don't know. I don't think I see it that that way. Okay. Um, because I told I said that uh, at the beginning that I want to be in a relationship, but at least I'm not. At least I don't have these thoughts of in two years, five years, ten years. I don't see them coming to to my mind. I think I feel like as you tell you guys telling me that if you knew that in five ten years you could be happy. All I hear is that you're choosing to be unhappy now, and that I don't understand. You should still be happy now. No, no, actually, I really, I really do agree. I, I agree. It's just, it's just it's, I'm like trying... I've been saying the whole time. It's easier said than done. But I think you're right. Like what you're saying is the right outlook to have. Rem- remember what I said at the beginning about like accepting the things as they are. I think a lot of a lot of it boils down to acceptance. If if you accept that now you're single and you're not worried with the what ifs that might not even happen, you might be you might not even get to the point where you're you're single in two years. So I worry about it now. And I'm, I don't really want to be corny or cliche after saying I don't like cliches. But if you just accept that you're single now and just accept it and don't see it as a as something you need to fight against, then it takes so much pressure out of being single. It takes so much of the anxiety away. You shouldn't fight your... It's okay to not be happy single, but I don't think it's okay to fight the unhappiness of being single. I think it's a natural state and there's worrying too much about fighting against it. It's just adding more pressure. Can I raise the and point? I say it's, yeah, I, I, it's hard to... I think, yeah, I think the point of like this, like a hypothetical situation or like a, a thought experiment is like there are some people who are unhappy being single, right? You would ask yourself, let's say it's me. I would ask myself, like, why am I unhappy with being single? A part of me tells me because I'm scared that I will be single in 10 years. I will be. Like the thought, like the thought experiment comes out, comes handy here. It's like, let me ask you this, Masoud. Would you be happy now if you knew in two years you will be, you you will not be single? You will, you will be in a relationship? Then I'm like, oh yeah, that would, that would like take much of the load off off of me of the anxiety and that kind of tells you that the anxiety the reason i kind of agree that you don't you want to be uneasy or you don't want to be happy with being single but at the same time you don't want to like be uncomfortable with that too and the reason for that maybe this is insightful in that in that in that way meaning like you are more scared of being in the future being single and I don't know if there might be, I don't know, in the book, maybe there are some, like, some arguments or, like, some stuff happening where, like, it explores why changing your perspective, looking at it that way helps you become a little bit less. Because in the future, if you, I don't know, maybe if you put effort, you will be having somebody, like, chances are, or, like, there are some, some arguments over there. But I'm thinking that is the point of the thought experiment or, 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 or the question. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I think for me, it's, it is both like, it's, it's like a little bit of uh, a little bit of, like, kind of uh, fear. Um, then there's just like wanting a partner and wanting that like, big relationship in your life. I think it's like, that part of it is very reasonable to want. I think the fear is the, the less healthy part, as you as you said, Nelson. And uh, I think it's something like I have definitely improved on in the last kind of four four years or so. But it's definitely something that follows me around and maybe messes with my with my dating a little bit. Okay, should we should we go into the React content now? Oh yeah, let's. Yeah. You have some TikTok for us, right? Yeah. So okay, so the first three, um, they're all dad jokes. So. 
Oh, uh, yes. Nice. Right, yeah. up, <laughs> right up our alley. So in honor of, of Nelson and, and Masood, you guys both love dad jokes. So these are yes. all hinged dad jokes. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I think one of them continues on. So just stop it after the first joke for, for all of them. And we can react if I think it's funny. And the audience will, will hear this as well. Okay. So they'll know what we're reacting to. So first link. All right, here goes. What do runners eat before a race? Nothing. They fast. <laughs> I like this. Is that going to seal of approval? Yes, of course. <laughs> Does it? To me, it's like a five, uh, five out of ten. It has a little bit of wordplay, like they fast. Isn't a five out of ten the best dad joke rating, though? Like, no. If yeah. it's too funny, it stops being a dad joke, right? No, on the scale of dad jokes, I thought. But what you're referring to is level jokes. two of dad jokeness, sadness <laughs> of the joke, and that's uh, I appreciate that. Too. Sorry, for people who can't see that we're watching, these are actually dad jokes uh, hinge voice prompts. So people put these on their their dating profiles. Yes, question hmm. for you: dad joke on hinge prompt, yay or nay? Me, I don't have any. But I would have you? very specific things that describe me. And yeah, oh, and like my previous profile, it? yes, I had more jokey stuff. Now I'm trying just normal answers, not trying to be funny or anything, just descriptive stuff of what who I am. And uh, I have one about something we can do together. So there's you can write, you can have three prompts. I have two about who I am to show who I am by text, and one of them is about what we, so me and the person reading it, could do together. I think so. I thought. In my mind, okay, I'll do two about me so that they can get to know me, and one about what we can do together so that they have an impression, idea of what I what I see as as doing. Okay. So all you're missing is, have, a, uh, is a dad joke. I don't have funny stuff. It sounds like. <laughs> okay, should we do the next one? Writing hinge right, voice recording. So a bear walks into a bar, and the bartender goes, "What would you like to drink, bear?" And the bear goes, "I'll have a." Baca soda and the bartender goes why the big pause and the bear goes because i'm a bear no i don't like this one no 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 i like uh, the first one i don't like this one okay the one i will say the one thing i appreciate this is that it has to be told with a voice prompt i don't know yeah no. so this, this a was a bad, bad one i, I didn't laugh okay <laughs> i didn't even exhale no, air I... through my nose no seal of <laughs> approval like yeah no so okay should one? we do the third one Let's. I love the movie Blazing Saddles, but, you know, you can never get that movie made today. If you brought that script to a Hollywood studio today, you know what they'd say? They'd say, this is already a movie. This is just Blazing Saddles. I, I, I don't like this one either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for a what? dad joke lover, you're a big critic of, of dad jokes. Well, yeah, what I'm thinking not, is... It's not funny. <laughs> Like the yeah, first one was. Why do you why do you have this? That yeah, that's a, a specific uh, sense of humor, I guess. I like that, yeah. but these ones. I really of the three, yeah. that one's my favorite. So the third one. The third one, yeah. It's too really? complicated. The first one is okay. quick to the point. It's fast. Okay, okay. speedy yeah. value. <laughs> yeah, I need to redo my rating of these three. The first one is definitely the best, and then the second one by far, and then the third one. Actually. Oh man! No, I do one, Sorry. three, two, first, third, second. All right. Well, that was for you, Nelson. We we needed a dad jokes clip, so I hope I hope you're happy <laughs> with that. Too. 
<laughs> okay, should we I do like, the first one? He set me up really well, and then I was very disappointed. Uh -huh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I, I still like yeah, the one about the Connor, raspberry These laughter. were not the best. Uh, the best dad jokes. <laughs> we we let the non dad joke lover pick the dad jokes. Yeah. What are what are we expecting, right? <laughs> okay. Should we do the next video? What's your opinion on ghosting? I'm pro ghost. Do the ghost. I don't need a paragraph about why you don't like me after one date. Just pretend you didn't see the last message. I swear to God, I hate that we've normalized. You have to explain to me what you don't like about me. It's not normal. Just rip apart my entire been, existence. I just wanted to get a taco, okay? If it's been less than like two, three dates, that is so insulting to know that he didn't like you after so little time. Okay. I mean, I see your point. Yes, yeah, you don't need to say why. Uh, it's really insulting if you say actually why. Yeah, but I just totally saying, agree. yeah, I don't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel a spark. You're a really nice person. See, and uh, wish you good luck. That's not ghosting, and you're not insulting them. I think that's yeah. the way to go. Yeah, I totally. I don't agree. know why they are. Yeah, I don't know why they are like why the lady is like so against not ghosting. It's like I understand sometimes in some circumstances it's not like like I have ghosted people as well. I'm sure you you probably have as well. But uh, it's always better to be like explaining stuff and like. Uh, ending things uh better but i would say yeah if it's less than two three dates as she's saying yeah after the first date you don't need to explain you just need to say ghosting yeah, is bad you don't need to explain, need to explain why yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. feel like it's a weird move to to give reasons even after like a couple of dates i probably wouldn't give reasons yeah just not feeling it um yeah yeah unless i i think except for the the mutual ghost the mutual ghost is always allowed like if you go on a first date and then they don't text you and you don't really feel like texting them and you guys both just don't say anything after that, mm -hmm. I think that's a lot. But that's not really. You good. know what's better? When you want to send a message, not wanting to have a second date, and then they send you that message as well. Oh, they beat you to it before wow. they say they send it before, so then they they take the pressure out of you, and you can just say, "Oh well, thank you for your message," and then you don't need to be the one writing the message. <laughs> that's the dream. You're living the dream. Well, that's not the dream that's against what the entire podcast, but yeah. <laughs> true, true. Uh, okay, any more hot takes about uh, about ghosting? No. Do Sorry. you guys take intentional delays in your texting when it is in the earlier stages? Do you intentionally no. postpone texting or like replying? No, I'm just bad at replying on time, so... So, you, so there is a delay. But Have you ever? Control. But it's not intentional. Yeah. Okay. It happened. If it happens that I can reply right away, then so better. Usually, get to reply faster too. Yeah, I like to. I like to keep it natural, but as an overthinker, it's like nothing I do is actually that natural, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, I like a good randomness to it. Like my my favorite thing with dating a new person is to get like a riff going. So like a couple rapid fire texts. So if they message me and I'm like in the mood to chat, I'll message them back right away to try to like get something going. Um. But if it's like in the middle of the day and it's it's just like a text to see how you are, yeah, I might not intentionally wait, but I might just like not be that quick dancer because it's not that exciting to do so. So it's never a power move for you or like a strategic way of doing stuff. I also don't have hinge notifications turned on because I really don't want it to be an active part of my day. Right. So it's hard for me to tell when they texted me if I don't get a notification. So it's more like when I remember to go on the app. Then I can see how she texted me one hour ago, two hours ago. Then if it's how like about some other situation, time, something something other than like uh, online dating or like uh, apps. 
It's like you meet somebody, maybe you exchange some phone numbers or still you have been on the approach. first date. Okay. Yeah. Still the same approach. It's like when I... I'm bad at replying in time as well to stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I guess we all are. I don't need unnecessary extra delays. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Last clip. Last clip. Yeah. Where do you take someone on a first date? I'm going to say the don'ts. Don't take me for dinner. Really? Yeah, because I, I feel like it's too formal and it's not relaxed enough. I don't know. You feel like there's a lot of pressure, I think, when, when you go out for dinner. And it's kind of like what everyone does. It's a bit boring. Don't take me to the cinema. That is the biggest. <laughs> if you take your first date to the cinema, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, so the clip's not that juicy, but it was more just a jumping off point for, for first date ideas. I agree with the cinema. It's like the concert from the beginning. Yeah. You exactly. can't talk to the person, so why? Yeah. Yeah, so on a first date is kind of weird. Unless you really want to see a movie, and then maybe it's okay. And dinner, I see the point. I wouldn't take my date to a dinner because I don't really care about fine eating or like food in general. Um, but if it's something that you both happen to like, like I know a couple, we know a couple that I'm talking about uh, Dylan, he really likes fine eating, for example. To me, it makes sense that he goes on a date with someone that also likes fine fine dining, sorry. Um, that he goes on a date at a restaurant with this person because it's an activity that they like. If the dinner, the date doesn't go well, it's an activity they like. So I don't see anything wrong. I wouldn't do it because I don't like, I don't care about food. But I like the idea of doing an activity that you both appreciate. So at the end of the day, if it doesn't go well, I still had a good time. So I don't see it's wrong going this out for dinner. first date thing, Nelson. Where do yeah, you... Yeah, I take my first dates to climbing. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good message. Yeah, yeah. Something... She doesn't like climbing. She doesn't, we don't like... Uh, we didn't like the date. Well, I still I still climbed. The person went to the restaurant. She still had good food. Tried a new restaurant. But you still end. Uh, uh, still end winning. Or yeah, not losing as much. I think that's like the right way to look at it. Yeah. And I agree. I don't do dinners because I don't care that much about food. Um, though I was thinking it would be... Maybe I should do it more because I rarely like eat out in nice restaurants. And that would be a, a good excuse to do it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's exactly it. Like you don't want to... It's a first date, so you don't want to do something that you don't want to do just for the sake of kind of like creating if you don't something. Like, yeah, because otherwise you're just going to maybe leave. Yeah, if like you don't that. like uh, the activity, then don't do it because you're going to spend a lot of money at the fine restaurant with someone you barely know. So if you don't like the activity already, don't do it, especially if it's ex an expensive activity on a first date. To me, like still taking somebody on a like a, to a restaurant for the first date is like the the foolproof or like the like the best way of doing it. That's how I did it in the past anyway. I kind of now realize what you say with with regards to like it being some extra ex expense for the person who you don't know if either even if you like or not. Because I have been on dates that I that I like spent I. I paid a lot and that I didn't even like the date that I had, but I still feel, and I mind you, I like restaurants as well. It's not that I don't like, don't enjoy the, the activity, but I feel to me that's, that's still a good option. A date, um, like a restaurant date or like a dinner date. Yeah. I think the, like the last person that you took on a, a dinner date to, you had like at least met her before and, and had talked to her i think often just because i'm on the like dating app grind it's like oh so often the first date is like you really just have no idea what you're doing um, yeah or like if you're gonna like the person and then 
yeah, it can be a bit of a commitment to do. But listen, the yeah. last person, like the person I dated before that, I I I met online, right? On, on and you also yeah, you also went out for dinner. Right? And that was yeah, it it happened to be pretty well, like the first date, like both yeah. of us enjoyed the enjoyed the date. It wasn't the, I mean, yeah, you can go to, I don't know, like a fancy restaurant, or you can go to a some. I don't know, like some decent restaurant, but not so so expensive. I the one that I referred to where I didn't like the date and it didn't end up going anywhere was I took them to like a fancy restaurant, not the fanciest, but like expensive one. Right. And then that was not so successful. Okay. Did Personally, it leave you with a bit of a, a sour taste about it, or or were you just happy that you ate at this tasty place? No, it was good food. It wasn't sour. Uh, yeah, it was pretty savory, but uh, <laughs> no, it it wasn't the best experience. No, yeah, like I like walk it's... by the I walk by the place and I kind of like don't like even like the the air around it. Yeah, there was another video I, I saw when I was looking for this this topic, uh, but then I went into his other videos and they were pretty questionable, so I didn't want to to feature that one. But the first date <laughs> ideas was like number one was like the arcade. Uh, number two was like a museum, and number three was like uh, a, a picnic. And uh, I think it is fun to do like activity based. Uh, Wait, does the arcade have the basketball shooting game? Yeah, or like or video games. Okay, solid, solid, perfect first date. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, you would, you think you'd be impressive with that one? I, I probably wouldn't be impressive. I'd be happy with <laughs> doing that date. Yeah, I I feel like like doing fun things for a first date is like pretty sweet. But at the same time, yeah. First, you just want to go on the day too and see if you're going to really enjoy the person's company before you spend a ton of time planning. Well, if you can just go, in that case, you can just go. You don't need to go to a restaurant. You can go just coffee. If you don't want to do an activity, you can go something way more chill and less expensive like coffee, beer. It's yeah, kind just of to a, get an idea. Get an idea of what you're yeah. in for. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. it's kind of like having food together. You're still sitting in front of the person. You're still talking. You're not eating. You're drinking. It's different, but it's less expensive. And if you're not into fine dining or into food in general, I think that's a good compromise between between the two. I was talking to Masood about uh, taking people to fine restaurants. And then... Like a coffee shop or something, you mean? Yeah, because if you don't like the person, as happened when you went to the fancy restaurant, well, you just spent like five bucks instead of like 50 bucks. And... A coffee is usually shorter than dinner as well. So I would only take someone on a fine... But this is me who doesn't like food if it's already like third, fourth date. All these all these stuff are kind of correct, okay? But similar to you, like envisioning people being married to you or like meeting your parents or something, it's like I try to look in the future as well. I would like, okay, let's say this person ends up being the one. And like, was I really like a stingy over 20 bucks? Which is which on the long run is like zilch is nothing. I feel like some other things ought to like direct you towards this being better than the other or something. Of course, yeah, like the like the financial stuff is like does matter. You can't go overboard too too crazily. But all that is to say, like coffee shop to me is a little bit uh, okay. So the coffee shop as as we have here is like a like a starbucks esque or like some some cozy nice uh, star like a cafe where you can go grab a grab a coffee like to me it's not as romantic as i want the first date to be right but i mean it's like yeah it it's winter 
now, so it's it's not as nice. But in the summer, you get your coffee, you can like walk around. It's actually a pretty a pretty nice date, um, I think. So I don't know if it's like that much of a compromise either. And uh, yeah, the nice thing too is you could maybe ha- make it happen quickly. You'd be like, do you want a coffee? Like like oh yeah, I don't know, yes. tomorrow afternoon. But if you're like if you're planning three weeks ahead to grab, yeah, you're gonna book a, a coffee, table, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe you want something like a little more serious, but it can be dinner if you like going for dinner, or it can be something else cool if you want to plan something different too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I think we're we're coming to the end of the the podcast now. So thank you very much to my awesome guests. It's been actually quite a long time around this call, so oh, <laughs> it's a yes. good commitment from Two you hours. guys. <laughs> Uh, so to close it out, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get you guys to serenade me with advice. Uh, so I don't know if one of you wants to go first. Maybe Masood, I think, had something planned. <laughs> I have. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Give Nelson a second to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. <laughs> I I actually like I I gave that a thought. Like uh, I thought about it for a for a minute or two. Like before this, I. I like I I I I've known you for like three years now, and throughout all this, like I've heard about your past experiences, and I've kind of like been with you when you experienced when you had all the like the past uh, like dates or like the flings or like short or long whatever term relationships that you had. Like to me, you're not doing anything like wrong for it to not like I would have done the same thing the the way the way they are. Maybe the the advice that I have for you is kind of applies to me as well. And that kind of pertains to the same idea of like, put yourself out. I know that you kind of disagree that that kind of doesn't apply with our situation. Cause that means like being in a three person friendship and having nobody else outside the, like the outside the circle, but trying different stuff, let's say like, like you being in San Francisco, like I know it's a little bit idealistic to think about it like this, but, and I and I haven't been there to experience like where you are, like what you are, what you're feeling. But like, you could have done something over there. Like, it takes a little bit of an effort, let's say, but it is worth it to try to make it happen as well. You know, not not be so waiting for it to like it didn't happen. It it should it should happen naturally. You know, a little bit of a push could help as well. Not that you're not okay. pushing, but. Uh, no, no, like that. Put myself out there a little more. Yes. And yeah, maybe maybe put myself out there in a non-dating app sense as well, because I feel like I yes. do that. But yeah, yeah, I could definitely do other things. Okay, I like it. Yeah. And uh, Nelson. Mm, I I really don't know what adv- what advice. I'll I'll just tell you something that I would tell myself. Okay. I think it applies from all the conversations we've had in the past. Yeah. Um. You know who you are. You know the kind of person you want to be with. Um, so don't, don't stress too much about the two years thing, if you're going to be single or not. Because it's better, I think it's better to be single than to being stuck in a relationship that's not good. So I would just try, it, again, it's easier said than done, but don't stress so much about the two years because that might lead you to be in a shitty relationship. And that's definitely worse than being single. Yeah, yeah. I think that's excellent advice too. Awesome. Okay. Thank you guys. This is the the second episode. So appreciate you guys being guests. Awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll Thank sign off now. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah.
Thank you very much for inviting us. I'm really happy that you ended up like doing this and like the second episode. Hopefully there are a couple more to come as well. And uh, yeah, I like the discussion. Like I'm sure like you you have been told that like uh, these uh, discussions that we have, they have their uh, ripples, let's say, with the other like, uh, discussions <laughs> that we have. With yeah, the guys are going to discuss our episode. Yes, yeah. yeah. We're going to be analyzed uh, through and through, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, it was really fun. It's, we've been on this call for two hours, and I think that speaks to... It was really nice just chatting about you, even in the moments we're not recording. Yeah.